On today's episode, we discuss Aaron Judge taking his rightful place in the history books, Monday night football recap, and who's at fault for all the injuries in the NFL, why ESPN thinks it's your fault. This and much, much more time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. And welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Well, coming up, Sean McVay sees red as the Rams shit the bed. NFL injuries will not halt because ESPN thinks it's your fault. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Well, gentlemen, welcome. How are we? Doing well, I doing hope. Good, I trust. Good. good, good, good. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Sideline the Agenda. Before we get into this, actually, I wanted. I was. I was reflecting on our previous show. Um, excuse me. Uh, our our preview, our, our NFL Week Four preview show, where we we give our thoughts and takes and predictions of what's going to happen and transpire. And I gotta say, Kevin, you you won the day, man. You 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 got the hot take of the week, brother. You 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 just nailed it with that uh, that Chargers game and that Eckler that Eckler prediction. Roll the tape. It's going to be an Austin Eckler game. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. had any touchdowns yet this whole year. So I think you know we're going to see Austin Eckler with probably you know two or three touchdowns and probably over a hundred yards of, of rushing and you know get him back in the um, the league leaders as far as you know rushing you know uh, conversation. But yeah, I'm picking the Chargers. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Take a bow, Kevin. <laughs> Good I'm on you, man. Bow. I'm happy. I was a little wrong, a little shy with the yardage. Fair but, enough. Um, but you know what? He started I, the process to, to 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 get into that conversation. But nonetheless, you car you chart you were calling over 100 yards rushing and the three touchdowns, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, just like last episode, this is if we're talking about this, you know, hopefully the coaching staff is talking about it as well. And so, uh, I guess they were. Well, anyway, regardless, uh, uh, good on you. Hot take of the week goes to you. Thank you, man. Um, so uh, tonight, uh, or, or last night rather, uh, finally, New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge breaks Roger Maris' record and hits that 60-second home run to take his rightful place as the all-time American League home run leader. Wow. Uh, 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 the home run leader for the Yankees. Um, pretty amazing. Uh, did did you did you see it? Did you? What were your thoughts? Uh, apparently, it was at the, the the top of the first, <laughs> right off the bat of the game. Right, they were playing uh, in Texas against the Texas Rangers, uh, uh, one and one count, and uh, away it went. Yeah, that pitcher really hung one, and I, I, I to his credit, I don't think he did it on purpose. It was just a, a hanging slider. He, you saw the spin. And it just it didn't move. It just stayed right down the middle, and Judge did what he's been doing all year. So yeah, you know we're witnessing history. It's awesome. It's it's exciting. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, I almost felt somewhat anticlimactic. I, I don't know if it's just me. I get that. I mean, I'm I'm glad he broke it, but 
at the same time, like he didn't break it, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> like he, he, it's, it's great for the Yankees, the American league record. I, I love that the media is just constantly saying, Oh, he broke the record. The, the American league record, the American league record, the American league has been around 122 years and no guys ever hit more home runs and judge. And they got to emphasize the American league aspect to it. Cause in the national, you know, there's three guys that have gone past that multiple times. Uh, but you know, then you get into the whole steroid debate that we don't want to go down that path right now. But uh, yeah, I was I was happy to see him do it. It it would have been, you know, the the as the saying goes, when you tie, it's like kissing your sister. Uh, <laughs> if he tied Maris and he was stuck on sixty one for like a couple weeks, that that would have been bad. So I'm yeah, you know, as bad as you know tying Maris goes. Um, so I'm glad he did it. And what they got like one game left, or yeah, I think just yeah. only a couple of games left. So he came down yeah, to the wire. Yeah. So really shows you how how hard that record is to to beat. So I'm glad he did it. Great moment. I th- I think it probably cements his MVP. I mean, they're not going to have a New York Yankee, a loved baseball player like this, and uh, have him break a home run record and not be the MVP, no matter how good Otani is. Unless he goes out there and throws a perfect game or something, but <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I think I was most mostly concerned with did the Yankees win? <laughs> I don't. Did even they know. pull the win out because they? Uh, I mean, they I were think down. They did first uh, inning, five four if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm thinking of last night's game. I'll check. Yeah, for no, you. they they pulled it out five four. Ben, um, yeah. obviously, Judge he was one for five, so this was his only. Um, you know, safe on base, which happened to be a home run. So, congratulations! You Judge. know, I think. Sorry, I oh, think they two. actually had they a lost. double header. Yeah, they had a double header. I think uh, five four. They won, and then yeah, yeah, they lost this one three two. Yeah, and 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 my my eyebrows rose admittedly at first when I saw that it was at the top of the first, but uh, you know the whole double header aspect of it too. I, I you know could potentially be looked at as a factor as well i you know like you said i i didn't it didn't look like it was a gift pitch it, it looked like it was it was a hanging slider that uh that judge uh, uh caught just perfectly um but nice to see that he did it he is yeah. in the history books well deserved well deserved again the perception of him being clean no peds uh, uh it would have been all the more magical had that previous you know um chapter of the major league baseball not not necessarily taken place but uh, nonetheless it still does not um it, it does not take away from what a landmark accomplishment this is for aaron judge and he and the yankees and baseball as a whole should be very pleased with that for sure uh, not as pleased as Tom Brady and Giselle. It seems to they they, they definitely seem to be heading uh, to the end zones of divorce. <laughs> Apparently, they yeah. have both retained divorce lawyers. Um, as previously revealed, the couple has been living separately for the past couple months following an epic fight, and they're now apparently looking at div- dividing up their multi-million dollar empire. Tom Brady will uh, probably remain married to football and um, inevitably <laughs> never retire. And uh, uh, probably be a QB and well into his seventies at this point. <laughs> yeah, Brady lo- loves football more than he loves his wife. Yeah, <laughs> we're never going to get rid of this guy. <laughs> He's like, look, lady, you got me one ring. Football's got me seven rings. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> NFL football put a ring on it. <laughs> He's got the alimony. To pay. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's it's she'll be paying him. She makes more money than he does, I think. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I think she makes a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be he'll be playing football and getting that alimony check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like Brady, you know, it kind of sucks. But I, I can't. You know, he probably brought it on himself. But you would like to to see a, a a woman stand by her man when he's doing what he loves like that. But I mean, whatever. It's none of our business. It's I have no idea it's what's a going on with the relationship. Now, so it's yeah. a modern day modern woman. I've yeah, stood by my man long enough. I mean, I'm sure she's still working and doing what she loves too. So well, you probably think <laughs> but, too. I mean, to. to, to to maybe get her side like you know she probably thought his ass was going to retire 15 years ago <laughs> oh no for sure yeah five at, at the minimum exactly like, oh really again uh, i thought you said this is the last time like and I'm then going when he retires and comes back uh, maybe that was just did it for her so you're full of it brady <laughs> can't can't rightly go find her own it's space me or the ball and as an it's aging me or super the ball long. yeah me or the ball <laughs> my my, my balls can't are let deflated. the ball go yeah. <laughs> deflated balls. All right, I'm well, we keep playing till these things are not yeah, only deflated, deflated, they're just slagging to the floor. Just like prunes. <laughs> Some dried up prune balls. That's what he'll need limp arm there. to continue to compete in the NFL. <laughs> like, sorry, oh, Brady, man. you can't be throwing them raisins around. You're going to have to use uh, this ball. Anyway, uh, have to. <laughs> let's move let's move on to Monday night football. Uh the uh defending Super Bowl champs looked a little bit more like defending Super Bowl chumps. Um the yeah. uh uh Super Bowl defending champs Los Angeles Raiders uh took on the uh San Francisco 49ers. Says so Rams, the Rams. Yes, the Rams. What did I say? <laughs> you said the Raiders. Yeah, I said the Raiders. Oh my god. Got Raiders on the brain. Um, yes, the uh, Los Angeles Rams took on and lost to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. 24-9. Uh, Rams, they didn't even score a touchdown in this one. Um, Kyle Shanahan continues to own Sean McVay and the Rams with an 8-3 and record uh, and uh, has beaten them uh, consecutively their last six uh, regular season games. Um, and even Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have their number as well, who is seven and O against the Rams in the regular season. I, I mean, what can you say? The Rams' offensive line was abysmal. San Francisco they finished the night with uh, seven sacks on uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has been sacked sixteen times in the last four games. So clearly, there's a big issue with the. Uh, Los Angeles Rams offensive line. The Niners defense held the Rams without an offensive touchdown for the first time since shutting out the Rams in 2016. Running back Jeff Wilson Jr. registered 18 carries for 74 yards and one touchdown. Uh, His uh, 32-yard touchdown run marked the first of the season for him, Um, and uh, it was also... Uh, the run was uh, uh, the the longest touchdown rush of his career. Uh, uh, wide receiver Debo Samuel registered six receptions for 115 yards, including a 57-yard touchdown reception. And it also marked the uh, longest reception by a member of the 49ers this season. The only time the uh, Rams defense seemed to come up big in this game is when uh, Bobby Wagner tackled that demonstrator 
uh, in between play that was running on the field with the uh, flare. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Laid him out. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was the highlight of the <laughs> that night. That was the highlight yeah, of the night, at least was. for as the Rams fans are concerned. I don't know, Chris, what's going on? Is there any hope? Uh, uh, what's going on with the Los Angeles Rams? Obviously, they're having issues. Obviously, they're having offensive line issues. Are they the team of old? Are they the uh, 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 defending Super Bowl champs that one can believe in? Or are they looking more like uh, uh, Super Bowl chumps? No, they're for sure the, the chumps right now. Um, everything that all the Rams fans were fearing heading into the season has come true and even even more well, worse than, than some. So the fears were the offensive line. Even when healthy, the offensive line was going to be depleted a little bit from what we had last year. And now you throw together the injuries on top of that, and it's just... Man, it's like a high school line out there or something. These guys are just blowing right through it. Stafford's got no shot other than to just rely on his timing with Cup, just drop back and throw it to him. Or maybe if they've got you know Higby coming out on a quick out or on a screen. Uh, so he's got no chance to even try to go to Robinson at all. And, I mean, from the tape, it doesn't look like Robinson's even getting open anyway. And uh, he had, what, two catches yesterday? And he each time he caught the ball, he fell down immediately. Yeah, um, but yeah, he did. There's no, there's no run game to speak of, part and parcel because of that offensive line, but also because those running backs just don't seem to really be able to hit any holes if and when they are there. Yeah, I mean, Acres. Um, speaking of that, like Acres needs to go back to to 23. Like, cut that number three nonsense off. Number one, yeah. number two, hit the gap. Like he just is opposed to the pause button. Like that's what yeah. he does. He's giving the ball and he's doing the stutter step pause button thing, opposed to hitting the gap and moving upfield. Yeah, and uh, and I don't think McVeigh's doing a, a great job of, of play calling, but it just seems to be the same game, you know, other than the NFC championship game last year, which for the most part was kind of the same game. Uh, the Rams just, I, I don't know what it is. If it just seems mental where the 49ers come and just already know that they're going to be more physical than them and that they own them. And they just take control of the game. Whereas the Rams play scared, even like their play calling seems to be scared where they're, they don't try and get the ball up the middle by running it. They always try to do all these little things on the outside and little quick routes. They didn't throw the ball down the field except maybe once or twice. So no deep threat. Uh, they're missing Van Jefferson. Uh, obviously, they're missing Odell big time. Um, and then defensively, you know, without Von Miller, they don't have the pass rush. They got no sacks. Um they're 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 a lot more porous they they have some injuries in the secondary also so their coverage isn't as good and then um the defensive coordinator raheem morris the jig is up on this guy i mean i didn't like him last year i thought they won the super bowl in spite of him just because that pass rush was so good i could have been the defensive coordinator and we would have won the super bowl but this guy he's got these corners playing so far off that on the first drive, after the Rams marched down the field, they failed at the touchdown, they got the field goal, went up 3 nothing. The Niners came back and scored a touchdown. But if you look at that drive, they got third down, I believe it was three times. And each time to convert on third down, they just ran a simple in-cut because the corners were so far off, the guy just had to run to the line again and, and cut in, and Garoppolo hit him each time. So I don't understand the defensive scheme. McVay's got a lot of issues he's got to try and figure out. I think that the Rams are probably going to try and make some moves within the next few weeks. I think they're going to be begging on their knees to try and get Whitworth back. 
Um, and they'll probably be looking at another edge rusher uh, probably within the next few weeks. As we know, the Rams, they, they usually don't sit by. I don't know what they really have to offer anymore. But uh, trading Robert Woods, I was really pissed off when they did it. And that move is biting them in the ass because they missed that that third guy, which I would think he would have been great at. So, yeah, they're not looking good. Um, fortunately, it is early enough in the season to where hopefully they can get some guys healthy and uh, and get the ball rolling again. Maybe Van Jefferson will come back in the next game or two. But, you know, they got the Cowboys coming up, which looked like it was an automatic win on the schedule early in the season. But now it, it, it's, it's man, it's going to be a dogfight. So... Well, like I said, hopefully they can get healthy. Hopefully they can figure out something with this offensive line to get Stafford a little bit of time. I think they need to take some pressure off him and try and establish the run a little bit more and stay a little bit more consistent. So hopefully McVay will improve his calling. But yeah, it, it didn't look good. And the Niners look like they're the class of the NFC West right now. They really Yeah, did. huge rival there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, they were going at it. And that was nice to see at least where they were at least getting physical somewhat on the field where they were it seemingly didn't seem like the Rams wanted to lose this game, drop this game. Huge hiatus though. I mean, it's just like a huge pause where it's like, all right, guys, like get this thing together because a couple losses that we've seen the Rams do previously uh, just seem like the Rams beat themselves. Again, I don't want to make excuses, but you know, Stafford fumbling the ball and obviously the interception. Um, really put them in a bad place because looking at Frisco, they, I mean, yeah, they had Debo, a couple good big, big, big plays, you know. Um, Rams can't tackle, which was kind of ironic because I think going into the game, they were like the team that was leading the league with open field tackles. And for some reason, they were just slippier, slippier than a wet fish out there. They can't tackle anybody. Um, and that could be obviously to all your points that you're making, Chris. I, I agree with you. There's something that needs to be done. Um, and then, the third weapon, absolutely. Uh, it got exposed. Allen is not getting open. They're not throwing it to him. They really just have Cooper out there. And so it's kind of a one-dimensional team uh, with no running game. So, again, I'm just pretty much you know stating what you have already said. And I, and I agree. But, again, I, I just I, – looking at the game, they're so sloppy. And it's like they're kind of just going through the motions. And, again, I'm – not to not to be you know the, the the one that looks at the you know silver lining at the end of the tunnel, but the Rams beat themselves. You know the other you know, they really did. The, the Frisco is not that great, yeah. although they were getting pressure. But I mean, I, I see a lot of potential with the Rams. It's just they got to get it going. They got to wake up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm glad you said that too because while I was watching the game, I was at the same time you know for all the faults the Rams have, I was uh, maybe I take back what I said about the. Niners being the class of the NFC West. I guess they are right now, but they're not that good. Like they they didn't really impress me. Their defensive front is is good, but I mean, based on the Rams offensive line, that's really not saying much. And their offense wasn't, you know, Niners offense wasn't anything great. They had two plays where the Rams, you know, botched it basically. So yeah, I agree with you. If they can figure some things out, the Rams should be able to turn it around. But in Stafford, he did miss a couple throws. I mean, when you get in that much pressure in your face, you kind of rush things. He had a wide open touchdown to Higby, that little sidearm throw, where he just missed him, and there was no reason to, to throw it like that. He could have lobbed it up there, and he could have walked, uh, just waltzed right into the end zone. So, yeah, they had an off game. They missed some chances. So hopefully, you know, this will be one of those early season losses that they learn a lot of things from and just improve from here. Yeah, hopefully this is one of those early season wake-up calls for a team uh, like the Los Angeles Rams. Um, 
it's it Stafford had some really bad throws the other night and and some like you said that the, the one that was just straight up behind to Higby who was wide open for the yeah. touchdown uh, there, there was right a handful there. of those that night and also too is it just me or did the Los Angeles Rams especially on defense seem to have this aura this attitude about them where it's like hey we're the defending Super Bowl champs nice to meet me you know like they don't <laughs> yeah. have to really try they don't really have to bring nothing people are just gonna like fall down in just the the aura and awe of the defending champs and oh no sir we're gonna give the game over to you like no you're a target people want to beat you you. Right. And in order, you have to try that much harder because as everybody in the NFL knows, it is like next to impossible to repeat, you know, right. to, to go back to the Super Bowl and, and to, to make it back, let alone win. Right. Um, right. And, and, and to me, it just, it's just so laissez faire the way they do everything. Like you're saying, it's like they're socially distanced. Their cornerbacks are socially distanced on defense. Yeah. They're just giving up yardage. Like, it's like, oh man, it ain't no thing. We're going to lock it down in the red zone and not yeah. so much. And as you pointed out, you end up losing, not even scoring a touchdown. You end up losing to a relatively mediocre team. Uh, uh, you know, twenty four nine, and and get embarrassed multiple times during that night with Debo Samuel. That one run that he had to the end zone, the fifty something yard run, like that. That they just they, Samuel put clown costumes on the Rams with that one. <laughs> they, they, those guys look like a pee wee football team. Like like they didn't know how to tackle, let alone make contact. Yeah, uh, man, I really wish they traded him. <laughs> I was mad when they kept him because I was like, damn it, I know he's just going to keep doing stuff like that to the Rams. It only seems like he does it to the Rams, too. <laughs> <laughs> and that would speak to a culture problem as far as the defense is concerned on the Los Angeles Rams. But, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, you know, Rams uh, uh, heading uh, are they heading to Dallas or are they uh, is that the home uh, game? I think, I think it's, it's home, home game, actually. Yeah. And that should be interesting to see. I heard uh, old Jerry Jones was talking on the radio today saying that uh, – uh, uh, Dak Prescott's thumb. It's just he can't quite grip the football yet. He's uh, he's going to need more time. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny because all of the, the things that they were saying during the game yesterday was, oh, yeah, Pres Prescott, he wants to play. Yeah, uh, yeah of course yeah, he wants he to wants play. To play. <laughs> he, he wants to try and get his job before exactly. it's taken from him. Before Cooper Rush if, goes uh, running off with it. <laughs> yeah, Fresh comes in there and beats the Rams. I mean, I'm not taking him out. Like, put me in, Coach. I just saw how they just they just shit the bed against the 49ers. I got a shot at this one. Put me in. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh no, you you can't, Dak, you can't quite grip them balls yet. <laughs> Dak, I'm kind of a big deal now. <laughs> All we're gonna, right. We're going to get you the new Garoppolo contract, Dak. Dak oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You'll be our, our best plan B. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on. But before we do, we would like to invite you to join our Agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, would you? And go ahead and tell your friends about the show. Uh, uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Okay, well, as it predicted on ESPN, the topic du jour uh, regarding the NFL at the moment is no doubt player safety. Uh, in the wake of the concussion injury to Tuatago Vailoa, uh, it is the uh, media's bright and shiny object to browbeat you, the football fan, with. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, had some controversy uh, based off of their handling of Cameron Brait's uh, concussion. 
against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, despite uh, Coach Todd Bowles saying that the team initially believed the tight end injured a shoulder and did not show concussion symptoms until halftime, which is why he remained in the game. Well, this action upset Mama Monday quarterback Courtney Cronin, who has this to say or had this to say on ESPN's Around the Horn. The Tua situation and his concussion happens four days before Cam Brate clearly gets his bell rung, if you want to call it that. I know it's what Tony Dungy said when he was uh, observing it on the sideline. And so he goes out to presumably get checked for a head injury and doesn't go into the medical tent at that point. Like, that's what frustrates me. Like, how much of an evaluation are these guys actually getting on the sideline? Great that he was ruled out in the second half with a concussion. I'm frustrated that Todd Bowles couldn't seem to explain, though, why he was allowed back in the game before halftime for those handful of plays. And then uh, retired football player Dominic Foxworthy on ESPN's Get Up had some disrespectful things to say about the NFL fan in the wake of the uh, Tua Tagovailoa injury and said, in essence, it's your fault, football fans. Taking a need to take responsibility because it's not just these ugly hits that are a problem. Like every weekend that there is football played, there are players out there who shake hands afterwards and feel fine, but they have gotten closer to having some sort of long-term issue or having some sort of CTE. So we all understand that. We accept that. And what frustrates me is all these people, fans in particular, pretending like they give a damn about Tua or they give a damn about football players all of a sudden. When we're in these collective bargaining meetings and we're arguing for to not have Thursday games after Sunday games, to have a bye, to not have a 17-game season, arguing to increase the pay of players because the risk of this game is so damn high, there are not fans up there fighting and throwing themselves all in a tizzy <laughs> on Twitter because of that. They're yelling at us, then like, no, get back and play football. So just keep that same damn energy. You give a damn about yeah. Tua now, give a damn about all the rest of the players in the offseason when we're trying to fight to have a second opinion. We have to give up percentage points of our salary cap in order to force the teams to give our players a second opinion in doctors. And don't nobody give a damn when we're doing that. See, his take here, I find infuriating because he's blaming the fans without recognizing that the NFL is a TV show. It's a ratings game. The fans don't give a damn about Monday night football or Thursday night football. Like you mentioned last week, Chris, in the name of player safety, why don't you get rid of Thursday night football? The fans aren't going to care about that. That's not the issue. I mean, is it is it the fans or is it the TV deals? I mean, like I said, the NFL is a business, and you think fans care about Jeff Bezos's Thursday night football? I mean, it's... It's the, the capitalistic interest of these broadcasting companies that bid max amounts of dollars to have the rights to broadcast this NFL product on specific nights on Monday night, like ESPN, that guy's employer, Disney, ABC, that guy's employer, just speaking just then, Dominic Foxworthy's employer, where he's getting a check from. Those people want that Monday night slot because they get dedicated eyes that is dedicating dedicated advertising that ups the value of advertising, ad sales, money to that network. Same thing. It was why Bezos spent billions for the Thursday night football slot. Same thing. Dedicated eyes, dedicated advertising, 
you, you know, and and for him to suggest that it's the fans' fault and not NFL, the greed of the players who 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 go out and get max deals, and how do you how pray tell me Foxworthy, how how are is the NFL or these teams able to afford those max deals to begin with? It's through ad revenue, it's through these TV deals. You know what I'm saying? And these TV yeah, deals have no no uh, uh, principle in regards to player safety. And he works for the same entity that is capitalizing off of a product coming out consistently, more than one day, not just a Sunday. ESPN, oh, your sports news show? What you going to talk about if it's only just on a Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it, to me, it was just extremely uh, uh, an extreme hypocritical take. Yeah, it's infuriating. You know, they play football. This is the game of football. That's what they get paid to do. Millions of dollars. And guess what, dude? There's a lot of people that would be in line to go out there and suit up and go out there and play the game that they love to play. This is a byproduct that comes with the industry, that comes with the game. This is all This is all in- inclusive. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, Shut your trap, man. Like this is what this is what it is. And then Miss Mama Monday, Miss Football, she was like apparently gets his bell ring. Obviously, she has no idea what she's talking about. And for her to even have some comments to leave on a game that she's never played, she has no experience on, it's even more infuriating. And they're just shoving it down the viewers' throats as if we, something that we want to see. No, we of course, we care about these players. If, if they're on our team, of course, right? We're going to go for these guys. We're going we're gonna to wish the best for them. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we all know this is a game that these guys get played high level salaries, and you're talking about, oh, I'm getting a cut of portion for my salary to do. I don't give a damn, dude. You go out here and work these uh, these everyday jobs where people are going through worse trauma than than getting their bell rung on a football field. You know, they have to. There's firefighters, there's cops, there's so many other people, nurses that are thrown in the lines of danger every single day, man, and they're getting half a portion of the salary than what these football players or even what he is making and it's infuriating absolutely i agree with you well to me too it's like the whole mentality of blaming the fan opposed to blaming the institution it's like oh they want to talk about you know institutions when it's not the institution that they work for or that they're a part of um and and so my question is, is that if you're going to make an argument that it's the uh, uh, fans' fault, like I said, you know, uh, perhaps this is a, a result of those elite players that get those max deals, right? And and leading to the need to have multiple nights for football in order to to to, to pay for these max deals, right? So then, is it the players' fault then? Is it NFL's fault? Is it the fault of greed? Isn't that really what's what's at, uh, you know uh, uh, at, at at the foundation of this? But also too, like more devious, and one thing I also wonder is I wonder is this really an agenda against competitiveness? Is this really a way to manipulate the? Because we talked about this last time. You want to have a football player that says, "No, no, no, I'm good. Put me back out there. I'm want. I'm good. Put me back out there." No, 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 no. You got hurt. You got your bell rung. Sit down, bud. No, no, no. I'm good. Let me get back at it. Are they really trying to 
take aim at this kind of mentality of competitiveness Ooh, of yeah. this time of this mentality of what I'll say is is masculinity. Right. You know the the get at it. Get, you know take handle your biz. Take care of it. They're saying no no no. Sit down. We'll take care of it for you. We, we mama's gonna kiss the boo boo. Make it all better. You you take care of yourself, hun. Absolutely. The NFL is one of the last. so-called alpha male sports out there uh the nba is a joke you breathe on somebody and you're going to get a a technical foul called on you um so this was one of the last sports and they've been chipping away at it for a while they've they've taken a lot of the violence out of the game already and they're still bitching about it and uh yeah to, to kevin's point you know these guys are getting paid a lot of money and there are millions of other guys out there that would kill to have that same job and get paid a fraction of it. I mean, man, some people would do it for free just so that they don't have to work a normal everyday nine to five job. <laughs> I get to lift weights and exercise and play a sport for a living. I mean, sure, some of these guys have shorter careers and that's why they're highly compensated. And this guy wanted to talk about taking responsibility. Yeah, it's it's on the player. This is what I talked about a few episodes ago. It's on them to, to make their own decision. But uh, to your point, Scott, yeah, the, this all started back when they started the whole participation trophy thing. It's one of the most evil things ever devised because <laughs> you you take the winners and the losers out. You take the, com- the competition out. You take the whole, hey, if you want to be better, you got to work hard. It, it takes the responsibility out and everyone gets a pat on the back. You know, so it's it's not a good look. And this guy talking about you know, not being an alpha on his actual Twitter post. He's like, sorry, y'all, I, I got emotional and just had to let it out. Yeah, that's, that's what women do. They go out there and get emotional and, and just speak out of emotion instead of being logical and analyzing a situation for what it is and saying that this is a violent sport. People get hurt. It happens. It sucks. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's one small thing that I would agree with him is I, I don't care. I mean, I, I care in the sense that you don't want to see people get hurt. But when people get hurt, you know, it's it's not really affecting me because it's literally part of the sport. You're never going to be able to take it out. I mean, you guys wear helmets and pads. What do you want to start doing? Running around playing two hand touch. And then what are you going to do? Complain about sprained ankles? So it's 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 just disgusting the way that these people always want to get up there on their high horse and and blame somebody else and just 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 nag. Exactly. They're a bunch of damn nags. Ninnies. <laughs> just ninny and nag. That's what yeah. they are, man. Yeah, take it down to a two hand touch and then complain that there's no money. Because <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to pay exactly. to see two-hand touch. Like, you guys are compensated very well to go out there and perform a job. Like, I, I don't see what it's water so hard it down. to, yeah. to water uh, this league realize down. about and that. And then you got people calling for guaranteed contracts. And the NFL is a violent sport. So you get start giving people guaranteed exactly. contracts. Now you're paying a whole bunch of guys it, it, guaranteed for all these extra years. And they can't go out there and play. Now you have a diminished product because you got a bunch of, bunch of guys limping around out there that aren't as good as someone fresh out of college. Or they're going to be riding the bench getting paid all the money and, and not playing. So you can't do that. 
the NFL's got it figured out pretty much where they need to, and I do like the aspect that there's not all this oh player empowerment like the NBA has, because the NBA is a joke. You get someone out there that just says, "Oh, I don't want to be on this team anymore. I'm not happy," and then they're going to trade you immediately. And now you got all these super teams that are running the league, and only three or four teams are competitive. So I, I like that the NFL's not kowtowing to a lot of this talks so far but man they've been chipping away at it and it seems like it's just a matter of time especially with the more influence that these tech companies get like apple and amazon and disney because espn let's face it it's disney and we all know what they're about absolutely what drives me nuts is the hypocrisy of it all um that it's always a opinion of convenience in the moment it doesn't you know uh land across it's it's not it's not a there's not a foundational moral opinion or stance it's just like i said the topic du jour you know whatever's whatever everybody else is saying in the moment i'm gonna lick my finger and see which way the wind blows that's the way that i'm going and that's how i'm gonna commentate um so how about this so bennett omalu who's the famed neuropathologist he, he, he's the guy who discovered cte uh, uh, in former football football players, he's the guy who that Will Smith uh, movie was made about. Uh, so he's uh, now sending a stern warning to Dolphins quarterback Tago Vailoa to stop playing football after suffering a concussion. So this is what he had to say. So my advice to him is: Look, it's time you've suffered severe, uh, long-term permanent brain damage. He sees. He saw him. He was seasoned. Okay. Um, if you love your life, you love your family, you, you love your kids, if you have kids, it's time to gallantly walk away. Go find something else to do. So my question to Dominic Foxworthy, since you care so much about the players, are you going to take on that advice? Are you going to champion this effort? Are you daily going to talk about Tua and how he should walk away from the game of football? No, we all know he's not. I mean, are you going to say that Tua, especially in the wake of this injury, he should quit football? Of course not. <laughs> because this is just a grandstand for him. It's a flavor of the week. That's all. And he doesn't care either. If he's making the case that the fans don't care, he cares even less because he's got a platform on a network that's very popular and a microphone that reaches many, many ears and could start this right now. Tua, you need to retire for your own personal safety. Who else? What was the, uh, 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 was it Bright, the, uh, uh, the tight end? You need to retire too. He just needs to be calling out for the retirement of all of these players out of the name of personal safety. We'll see how long ESPN keeps him at that desk if he does that. We'll <laughs> yeah, see right. how long he has a career if he does that. So in other words, shut the fuck up. It just pisses yeah. me off, man. People Seriously. get on their little virtue signaling high horse and are completely hypocritical. They don't even believe what they spew because their actions tell us they don't. Drives me nuts. <laughs> yep, just push, push the corporate narrative, man. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, Punch you know, how about, how about all the NFL players just, just retire? That, that way you never have to get injured ever again. There it is. 
How like about you, everyone? You know, when there's a virus going around, how about everyone stay home? Stay home. And get locked lock down. The doors. And don't work and never leave again and cover your mask, even if you're your face with the mask, even if you're by yourself. <laughs> it's just, man, it's there's no end to this. And these people love to try to tell other people what to do with their own health. It's it's ridiculous. They're a bunch of damn little ninian tyrants. And how about They're, this? You know what? Because he's sitting at the Disney desk on ESPN slash ABC. Instead of like keep your eyes off of uh, what other people got going on, concentrate on your house and where you can evoke some change. Call for the end of Monday Night Football. That yeah. is the game that your broadcast company has the rights to. It's too much. It's an extra slot. It's unnecessary. Call for its end. Yeah, right? all you, all you oh, commentators, you uh, strike, strike. Say you won't <laughs> yeah, talk. Exactly. Going in with, with duct tape on your mouth during your segments and sit there holding a sign saying "End Monday Night Football." We don't need no stinking Mondays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or better yet, bring back Hank Aaron Jr. with the damn, are you ready for some football theme? And let's get masculinity back into uh, yes. the wide, great wide world of sports. That's right. Yes. Instead of uh, going down the, uh, the, the path of uh, its inevitable demise, which has already been shown to us, like you said, Chris, in the National Bitch Association. That's yeah. what you have with the NBA. You have a bunch of bitch boys on the court and mothers sitting courtside. God bless it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, that's enough of that. Let's look real quickly, if we will, before we go to uh, Thursday night football. It's the Indianapolis Colts at Denver taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson's expected to play despite a uh, hurt right shoulder. Uh, running back Javante Williams and outside linebacker Randy Gregory were both moved to the injured reserve list this week. Uh, with knee injuries that they suffered in the game against Las Vegas Raiders. Um, what do you think? I mean, uh, we got uh, Colts plus three and a half as it stands now. Uh, Colts are one, two, and one. And uh, the, the Broncos, just like the NFC West, uh, the, the, they are uh, AFC West uh, two and two. Uh, Wilson, all those guys you mentioned that were nicked up, they all need to retire. They should not play in this game. <laughs> That's yeah. right. They, they uh, might. They, they've suffered injuries. Foxworthy should get on him. I mean, he's a former Denver Bronco, so maybe Russell he can Wilson, he can reach him. For the good of your family, you need to not play That's this right. game. <laughs> Don't uh, you love your family? Down. Actually, both of these teams though uh, uh, should not play because it's Thursday night. They didn't get appropriate rest, so they should they should boycott this uh, Jeff Bezos juggernaut Thursday night football. Man, for everyone out there that saw the South Park episode called Sarcastaball. They were kind of ahead of their, their time with that one. <laughs> but anyways, Absolutely. I think this game will is, is going to be kind of another snooze fest. It's going to be a little bit of a defensive battle. Um, Ryan, you know, will put up his magic numbers at the end, just accumulating yards. It seems like he always ends up with 300 yards somehow. Um, no, it, I mean, I think it'll be a pretty close game, actually. Uh, I would expect Denver to win this one. Um but it it seems like with these two teams, it's just going to be like a, like some a lot of these games come down to just a costly turnover at some point. I feel like they they both kind of want to run the ball, even though the Denver's uh, running back is out for the season, so they got their backup in. Um, but Wilson seems to shine in the play action, so I think Denver will will kind of try to do that, and if they can stuff the run game and make Ryan just a passer. Uh, and Denver can play with the lead. I think they can control the game. So 
I think whoever kind of takes the lead first is really going to have the upper hand for the rest of the game. Because I think either team doesn't want their quarterback to be just dropping back, passing all game. Um, so I would give the edge to Wilson in that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not really a game I'm really looking forward to. I, I think, but I think it'll be close. Uh, I would definitely go for the Broncos to pull it out. Yeah, I'm pulling for the best subpar quarterback to ever play the game. I swear, he's the best I've ever seen. Do it, but but suck at the same time. I'm going Matt Ryan. Um, I think Colts going to pull this one out. At least, uh, hopefully, they come off like they played with the Chiefs and Russell Wilson. You know, if he doesn't play, then that's for sure L for them. But um, Javante, I think I think you're right, Chris. I think he's out right ACL issue for the whole season. Um, so that'll be a that's that's going to be a, a huge hit for the Denver's, but. Yeah, I'm pulling the Colts. Hopefully the Colts come out and they, you know, pull out a victory and you know put Denver back on the on their heels in the division. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm 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 probably thinking Broncos on this one. I feel like Wilson maybe has found some kind of rhythm, finding the uh, end zone a couple times uh, last last uh, game. But uh, not looking forward to watching this game whatsoever. It seems like a big snooze fest. Uh, but we do it. We do it for you, our faithful sideline the agenda listener. We we That's watch right. the crappy ass game so you don't have to. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening and joining us here today. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and uh, tell those that you know about the show. And uh, yeah, my name is Scott, and that's Kevin, and that's Chris. And this was Sideline the Agenda. Time to get off the sideline and into the game. 